I learned about real depth. Like, what does it mean to be depth? What does it mean to be a master of energy or a master of time and space or a master of self, right? Like the great masculine challenge, and this is the masculine in a woman, the masculine in you, masculine in me, is self-mastery. Self-mastery. And to the extent that we do not practice self-mastery, we will suffer. The great feminine challenge in all, right, is full expression. And, and to the extent that the feminine is not fully expressed in the moment of a full heart, full love, she will suffer. And so, John Weinland, welcome to the podcast. What are you most excited about right now in your life? Oh, that's a good that's a good question. Two two things. Um, uh, I have a, a new program starting that's that we're we're start kicking it off just outside of Zion. We're doing a big retreat out in this valley outside of Zion, and I always love taking men out in nature for a few days. So um, that is really exciting. Mm -hmm. And I think for now, I'm just really grateful to be in Sedona, just hiking every day, getting out every day, nourishment, you know, getting nourished by the, by the desert, by the mountains. That, that's a, that's a, a happy place for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like church for me. Yeah. That program that you're talking about called the depth council. So we're going to go in depth uh, in this conversation as we set the intention. Um, but right. just to kick off, I think I like to see things on a macro perspective for before we begin and then mm -hmm. go into the micro. Um, because right mm -hmm. now, as we're seeing, there's this new consciousness emerging on the planet, both from the masculine and the feminine paradigm. So mm. you've been working and I love, you know, this experience that you've brought from your work of just years and years of experience in different modalities from Tantra mm. to Tai Chi, different, a lot of different modalities. Um, so your perspective, I feel, is one of the most well-rounded perspectives that, that, I've, that I've listened to and I've tuned into and I've learned from. So just to just to start off and tap into that masculine consciousness and that feminine consciousness so much is changing in the world right now even with the younger generations what yeah. what is truly going on how can we take a pulse on these conscious on these new consciousnesses to look ahead to what's to come for the future hmm. Hmm. well i think what's on my radar most at this point is this especially for your generation is the um desire to seek and and be awakened and be embodied right i mean mm -hmm. you guys are really um taking this bull by the horns which is wonderful which is wonderful right so <clears throat> how do we do that like how do we actually in a very practical way ground into consciousness which is the universal masculine and love which is the universal feminine we all now I use these terms, they're gender totally nonspecific. We all have the field of consciousness within us that's above and beyond anything we experience. And we all have this flow of love that kind of pumps through our hearts. Both are infinite. Both are infinite. Yeah. And, and so the more that we're um, practicing that, and just to go a little macro for your audience, right? The more that we're practicing embodying consciousness that is infinite, vast, disconnected from experience, but witnessing experience, and then the more we're in the experience of this moment, the more alive we feel, the more vital we feel, the more tapped in we feel, right? You know, the more tapped in we feel. And, and so I love that your generation is really seeking these skills, right? Like seeking, there's a whole bunch of it. I live in Austin too. I live between Sedona and Austin. And, you know, there's a lot of communities popping up around the world in Portugal, in Austin, um, different, different parts of the country are really tapping into this um, desire to be fully expressed in both our masculine and our feminine, which is healthy, right? Mm -hmm. So we shouldn't think that, that women should be in the feminine, men should be in the masculine, Ultimately, we both want to have full mastery over both. Mm. And, and I think that um, that's kind of what I'm seeing 
and that's why I have a job. <laughs> so I have a job, right? And then when we then when we want to play together as masculine and feminine energies, huh. man, you know, you can be in the feminine, and your partner can be in the masculine, or they can be in the masculine, and you can be in the feminine, and you can or you can go back and forth and and play that way. I think it's all beautiful and healthy. So just to round off this initial piece is what I'm seeing is a is a movement, and what I'm trying to introduce into hmm. this whole paradigm is a movement that's much healthier and full that's an integrated masculine with an integrated feminine and um and that takes practice because nobody ever really taught us how to do that yeah 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 and we're seeing all over the world there's more i guess fluidity with even gender mm -hmm. roles and i think we're mm -hmm. redefining what that even means right now and yeah. taking into this like more neutral, I guess you would say, rather than polar opposites. I know David Data also talks a lot about the polarity. If right. more people are going more into their feminine and more people are going into their into their masculine from both, from both yeah. uh, and and, and female, yeah. what are some? I would say maybe shadow sides of that of of how we can start maybe losing our our own identity in that trying to be mm. more fluid than. Than, mm. than maybe naturally we are. How we can get more familiar with these yeah. energies. Yeah, well, it's the same. I think, you know, it's really funny. I didn't think about it until just now. Like, you know, there were there have been generations where men, for example, were more, you know, tried to be more masculine than they actually were. You know what I yeah. mean? Like they denied their own desire to flow and have fun and play and, you know, love and yearn, right? And those were like the, you know, they because the men were supposed to be stoic mm. and there's been generations of women that were supposed to be soft and devotional and you know that because women were supposed to be that 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 and i think what your generation is running into is this idea like oh i need to be fluid uh-huh you know and 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 it's it's kind of but, but any any identity that we and and that may be true like you may naturally really want to be fluid but what I'm, what I'm seeing, at least in my workshops and the work that I do, is that people kind of have a natural, a natural space. And this is, again, gender nonspecific. You know, uh, a man could be much more identified with flow and, and nurture and love and pleasure, mm. right, than stillness and depth and ground, right? And a woman, so it really doesn't matter. But what, I, what I'm seeing is that there's a bit of an identity thing battle going on here where this idea of gender fluidity is becoming an, an, a, a kind of like a, an identity that is that can become a prison, just like the masculine stoicism was a prison, if that makes sense. Yeah. So how would you yeah. guide someone in order to... That's the shadow side, because you asked me the shadow side. Yeah. Yeah, that would be the shadow side, yeah. For sure, yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. starting to guide people, I would say, to understand more of that authentic identity what is your mm. sort of guidebook on that of how you can find your own because i heard you say initially i was 60 percent uh feminine and then i had to consciously go in and practice the masculine how do we understand mm. let's say maybe the amount of energy that we have that is masculine versus also that that feminine side of us yeah how do we sort of find ourselves on that yeah because I, I talk about a spectrum in the book right yeah and there's a, there's a, it's, it, it can get kind of complicated, but, but I'll, I'll give you the best I can. So we have a, you know, we have a mental body, right? And you, you've done some Kundalini, so you kind of know this. We have a mental body. We have a physical body. We have a spiritual body. We have a sexual body. We have a physical body, right? You know, we also have an energetic body, right? But so um, each one of those has, you know, we, we have a masculine or feminine relationship to. So for example, I have a feminine mind. Meaning my mind just jumps and flows all over the place, which means that when I want to write, you know, like in the book, I have to, I have to create a container for it. Like I have to really create rails. Mm. Otherwise my mind will just jump everywhere, but it makes me a really good teacher because I can flow and feel what's happening in the room. Mm. <clears throat> I actually have a feminine emotional body. Mm. Like I feel a lot. I'm, I feel, and it's both a blessing and a curse. Yeah, me too. You know, me too. I, I feel pretty deep. Yeah, okay, yeah, you know what I'm saying, right? And a lot of men actually have feminine emotional bodies. Mm. Right? Um, and so I feel like someone with a masculine emotional body, feeling does not like, it's not, they're like, what? 
<laughs> you know, the more masculine they are, they don't quite get what feeling is. And, and their bodies are denser. They're just, they have less access to feeling and sensitivity. So that's the emo that's like sort of emotional body. The, my physical body, I feel very masculine. Like I'm, I just like, I'm kind of like a tank. I just kind of go through the world and like, I don't really care what I, obviously I don't care what I look like. And, you know, and I'm just kind of like doing my thing and, you know, I'm not, I don't, I don't prioritize radiance over just mm. purpose, right? Yeah. If I had a feminine body, I would be super interested in radiance. And mm. this is again, man or woman, other, right? And then my, but my spiritual body is uber masculine. Mm. Right. I, I, I prefer, I, I prefer stillness and resting as infinite consciousness to singing, chanting, dancing. You know what I mean? Like those are mm. so, more so you know, you get it. So, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. More movement based, which would be feminine gospel music, beautiful example of feminine spiritual practice, right? Sacred dance, beautiful. Like no, I want to give me a fucking pillow on a, or a rock, and I'm just going to sit there and witness everything. So that's my map. So I'm more masculine. I have a more masculine spiritual body. Sexually, I'm much more masculine. Like I, I prefer to ravish than to be ravished. Mm. I prefer to penetrate and you know fill right with consciousness and love mm. than to be filled with consciousness. You know, and, and so if I was, if I had a feminine sexual body, I would want to be filled and ravished and kind of obliterated, you know, by consciousness. I want to, <laughs> I prefer to do the obliterate. It doesn't mean that I can't switch occasionally, right? But my, my bent, my, my natural desire is I have a masculine sexual body, mm. right? So now you've got those five different bodies to work with. There's more, but let's just start with that to start to track like, okay, Am I really more, is my mind more just single-minded focus or does it flow? Does, is my body like, am I more interested in radiance or just like production, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and my, or, or do I wear the same shorts? I have like four pairs of shorts and a bunch of black shirts, right? That's my, you know, that's my, so do I, am I uber sensitive emotionally? Right? Can I feel everything or is it really hard for me to feel? So these are things that your audience can ask themselves so they can get some real nuance on the, their, their bent. Then, just to finish this concept, then we get to choose fully honoring who we are and what we were born into and what our natural proclivity is, regardless of our gender. We get to choose what capacities do I want to develop to make me a more whole person and to make me a more artful partner, lover, hmm. teacher, being in the world. Yeah. Right. And and so that's kind of what, what that's kind of what I try to take people through is like, where are you naturally? What do you want to cultivate? And then let's cultivate it. Huh. And you gave a great example with yourself of just like, for example, that feminine mind that you're being able to leverage it as a superpower when you're teaching. So it's knowing mm -hmm. that within you and, and yeah. obviously you chose a profession, a career, a purpose that allows yeah. you to bring in that feminine mind. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. sort of the same while we're doing this podcast, it's pure flow. Yeah. So my mm -hmm. feminine mind as well, like I, I'll get creative ideas and then I'll weave them into a conversation. So mm -hmm. it's a lot of, how do we use that to our, our superpower? And I love that concept. And, mm -hmm. One thing that I wanted to touch on you is that, well, your book um, from the core, it helped me get out it out of a relationship in a very structured way. And mm. it was an amazing experience because before that I would maybe flee what, you know, our generation might call ghosting, just like stop yeah. talking to the person gradually. And, you know, I took it upon myself with that responsibility of communicating where my needs weren't being met. And I realized, and I think this goes to show for a lot of young men and a lot of men in general, is that we may sacrifice things externally uh, for not looking into our purpose and not focusing on cultivating our purpose, as you call it, not owning our purpose. And that was one thing that I was going through in that relationship where I hadn't communicated the importance of my purpose, where mm -hmm. the relationship took over and, and it just became this, this thing. So I wanted to yeah. talk to you about owning our purpose and 
guiding people into just acknowledging that we're here for something and we're here mm -hmm. to also prioritize that purpose maybe over other things as well hmm. well i guess it so again it really it really depends on where we are in you know where we are in either a stage of life or our stage of embodiment right so you know my deepest purpose now is different than it was 10 years ago right actually my deepest purpose is actually more about relationship mm. than teaching yeah. even though i'm i still teach right um and and so i think what i think the way to work with i mean david gives a bunch of examples of going to sit for men to go sit in a fucking shack for three days or you know what i mean mm. or do a vision quest and that kind of and those are beautiful and powerful and i and i definitely think they should be done um a lot of people will take medicine to get you know um inspirations on purpose and you know i mean that's that's their choice mm. i think that could be helpful for some people people tend to over rely on that <laughs> so i would say yeah. you know meditation is definitely a good way to go but the best thing to do is to start with what you know like what you know is true what you know is true i have a deep desire to meditate or i have a deep desire to start a podcast don't know what it's going to be about or whatever it is. I have a deep desire to practice Kundalini yoga or anything, right? And I have a deep desire to start a men's group. And, and so you take the next step that's clear rather than thinking, oh, I'm, and, 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 you know, you may have a whole path open up, but it's to get really clear on where that next step is. What do you know you need to give to the world, right? How do you know you, how do you want to either share your love with the world, share your consciousness or depth with the world, and and then you take the next one, the next right action, hmm. and then the path opens up. You know what I mean? Um, you can't know if, if there's so many twists and turns, brother. You know this is, you know, my fifty some odd years of experience. Like, you can't know the next steps, yeah. but you can know the first step. Or the one after that you can't know everything that's going to happen and i think that's where a lot of people get stuck is they want to know the path or they want to hurry this is what i see a lot in your generation i would be you know i'm gonna be a little bit dad here i see so much hurry yeah hmm. bro you guys have so much time i didn't even get rolling until i was 40 and had all that life experience not that you need to wait that long but but there's no rush to get to whatever it is, you know, and, and I, I guess just follow those next steps authentically, trusting the impulse of your heart versus the strategy of your mind. And it will open up in ways that I could have never seen what I do now for a living 20 years ago. Never, hmm. never, ever, ever. I was selling flowers. Yeah. I was a flower importer, you know, so I spent time in Colombia. I spent time in Ecuador. And um, no idea that this was even a thing. Hmm. And now, you know, I'm, I, I, I'm financially free. I live my purpose as deeply as I can. Um, I've changed the karma of my family. And the way that I did it was I just followed the next heart impulse. And then everything else opened up over the last 13 years. Yeah. And, and your story is an amazing example of kind of using some of that maybe primary wounds and life experience to then guide us into what we're supposed to be doing into the world. Mm -hmm. uh, you said that when you were very young, 18 months old, uh, your dad left and mm -hmm. both your grandfathers passed away when you were five. So yeah. I guess this absence of, of that masculine energy led you to seek out the men's groups and sort of, I wanted to touch on men's groups because just adding a little bit of my experience uh, i'm right now i told you in, in madrid spain doing a master's degree in digital marketing where 75 percent of our class is female is women and for me it's been a very healing experience because i've been able to cultivate a lot of healthy friendships with women in in my life that i didn't have before but there's also this part of me that feels this lack of men in my life um men of depth that you that you talked about in the book um so how do you go about sort of attracting these 
these men of depth or, or creating a group of, of men that you can learn from um, and what really goes on in, in men's groups. I want to know what you learned. <laughs> I can't share all that, but I'd have to kill you. But, um, but start with one. You could start with one man, right? Or masculine identified person. doesn't have to be a man, just someone who wants to like deepen in the masculine. Um, but yeah, you start with one. I, I started the first big men's, first like really powerful long-term men's group I started um, was with me and this other guy. Mm. But first I did it on my own. I was like, I wanted to do, I, I, how did I do this? Okay. So I was working with David the first couple of years, David yeah. Data. Yeah. How did you find David? How did you come across through the him? book through, through the way of the superior okay. man? And then I went to a workshop okay. and was like, Oh my God, yeah. this is what I, I invited him on your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, he, he, do, he doesn't do podcasts, but, but I, I worked with him for 13 years. But in the first couple of years, I was like, I want to like start a men's group based on the way of the superior man. Right. And so I started this way of the superior man men's group and guys showed up, but and it was all kind of, I did my best to lead it and to kind of teach what I was learning, et cetera, et cetera. But there was one guy who, who I saw, I was like, you bro, like we, like, I want to deepen with you. Mm. Let's find other men that want to do really do the work. And so him and I, you know, created this invited guys and interviewed guys and like literally told guys no, and, and literally created this peer group that lasted for eight years. And some of those guys are world-renowned coaches and teachers and authors now, including, yeah. you know, including my success, was really part of this men's group. So, and what we did was we met every Monday. We met every Monday night and we would practice. One of us would lead an embodiment practice. One of us would lead a meditation practice. We would, we would hear each other's woes and then give sharp feedback We'd practice emoting. We'd practice expressing feelings that we hadn't fully felt. We'd practice shadow work. We'd practice everything that we were kind of developing as teachers and coaches. We'd bring into this group. And, and so, so we really like spent eight years just in this beautiful masculine laboratory. And, you know, Rich Litvin, who's a very well-known coach, is, is, was part of that group. Teo Alfaro, who's an incredibly well-known shaman and, you know, teacher is part of that group. Mark Thornton, who's in, who, who lives, is also part of that group. I mean, there was just so The Avengers. Kind of crazy, <laughs> The, ev like, the Avengers group. of men's work. Well, we were, we were definitely like guppies in, in the, in the, you know, but, but we really, we really like sharpened each other. Yeah. And that's available for anybody, right? So if you have one guy, one friend, you're like, even if you just met once a week to talk about, you did a little practice, you did a little meditation, you just yeah. gave each other feedback and then invite one other guy and one other guy. And pretty soon you're going to have five, six, seven guys. Mm. Yeah. I love that because, yeah, I mean, you said this in another podcast that, that David talks about how the masculine grows and oh. it's and mostly right. in solitude and also in relationship Challenge. with other men. Yeah. yeah. So that's a big dichotomy right there. It's like, oh, but we grow mm -hmm. through solitude, but also we need that, that presence of other men in our life. So yeah. how have you been able to heal through being able to work with, with other men? Uh, and then mm -hmm. later we'll get to how, you, how you've healed with, with women as well. Well, um, my, you know, this is a lifelong practice of healing relationship with men, right? But the first, the first men's group that before this that I was really a part of was a recovery men's group, and we met every day. And what I learned from them was literally like how to show up for a job, how to show up in relationship, how to take responsibility for addictions, um, how to you know take care of my daughter who was sick. Like I saw through these other men how to how to be a man that just shows up, right, and shows up in the world and and is a stand up guy. Um, which was a lot given I was never taught that at all. Then, you know, in this, in David's world and in this world of men's work, which, you know, there's a lot of other teachers I've worked with, I learned about real depth. Like, what does it mean to be depth? What does it mean to be a master of energy or a master of time and space or a master of self, right? Like the great masculine challenge, and this is the masculine in a woman, the masculine in you, masculine in me is self-master, self-master. 
And to the extent that we do not practice self-mastery, we will suffer. The great feminine challenge in all, right, is full expression. And, and to the extent that the feminine is not fully expressed in the moment, a full heart, full love, she will suffer. And so these are the two pieces that, that I think need to be really worked on. And I think over the course of years, I've learned how to do both. <laughs> um, and that's been healing for me, right? I've learned, I've literally had to practice and work, you know, I had to I, thousands of hours with my teacher, yeah. Right, with one teacher, another thousands of hours with other teachers, right? I've, I've, I've spent a half million dollars in coaches and teachers over the last three, four years. Wow. Like I don't fuck mm -hmm. around. Like mm -hmm. I want to master. And, and so, and it, it's always paid off. It's always like expanded my capacity. So the way I've healed is I've been like committed <laughs> and I'm still healing. Yeah. Still healing. Yeah, I want to demystify this this concept of mastery and and masters in general because you know we've heard of these masters in the East that they've been able to, as you said, master their energy where they can heal people, where they can do extraordinary yeah. things with their psychic abilities, and and that's who we are as humans. I think a lot of people are starting to wake up a lot of these yeah. these new abilities with energy. Sure. Um, yeah. In terms of the relationship with mastery and in your personal life, how have you, how have you defined this, this mastery? How can we start demystifying yeah, what it means great. for people as well? That's, that's great. Well, well, there's, there's mastery of energy, then there's mastery mm -hmm. of self. Oftentimes, and this is what happened for me, I became a master of energy. Like I could actually, because I could, I could conduct a lot of energy. I have, I could feel I'm very sensitive. I have a strong auric body. I have a strong practice. So I can like feel what needs to be done and use my practice to actually relax another's nervous system and open up a space, which is all that healing is. Mm. I'm using my body and my practice to relax, to relax another person's nervous system and body into a healing, relaxed space, right? And I mean, it can, we can go a lot deeper in the healing realm, but just that is will will change lives, right? To be mm -hmm. able to use your own practice, your own breath, to literally relax somebody out of sympathetic, mm -hmm. which is fight or flight or freeze, into a parasympathetic space where they can receive love and emote and let go of pain and all those things. That that is everybody has that capacity and more. The problem is, is they just haven't learned how to use their bodies to be an instrument of that. And so that's part of what I've had to learn. So I learned that. So I'm giving you the definition of energy, right? Like yeah. healing energy, mastering healing energy. It takes hours and hours and hours of practice, like anything, bro. Mm. If you were going to be a, a great pianist or you wanted to win Wimbledon or you wanted to, you know, like yeah. be the world's leading surgeon, it would take hours and thousands of hours of practice. And, and any great healer or teacher or will, will tell you that they've spent years and years and years dedicated to their craft. So again, this is for your generation. Like you guys have time put in the time mastering the the skill set the craft bef before or you know in at least equal like if you want to go out and teach something at least spend the same time or double <laughs> learning you know and i'm speaking to guys people in their 20s you know people in their 20s right who are starting workshops and all this kinds of stuff you know which is great and this this mastery does take time and reps matter Times on the mat matter. Times on the cushion matter. Breaths matter. Um, so reps do matter. And that's, so that's the energetic piece. The piece that, that I missed was that I got really good at that, but not great at self. Like I, I had to come back and go, whoa, what about self-mastery? Huh. What about like doing exactly what you say you're going to do? What about controlling, you know, controlling, but guiding and directing your thoughts? How about being a master of your own energy? How about being super dis... And when I had to do the book, you know, the last couple, three years, I really bumped into that. Yeah. And so I've had to really... So now I'm in this, this right back at this sort of masculine space of self-mastery of, you know, this is the disciplines I'm approaching for the day. 
This is the practices that I'm going to do multiple times a day. This is what I'm committed to do. And I'm, you know what I mean? And so self mastery, um, we will often skip, but it, we, if you're truly masculine in your core, which I, I am in many ways, um, you will feel fucked up by your lack of self mastery. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're yeah. truly feminine, you will feel fucked up by your full expression, by the lack of your full expression. Huh. Yeah, I love that because if the masculine is this this consciousness, embodiment of consciousness, you know, I relate a lot of what you're talking about with self-mastery of like bringing consciousness to things in our life where we were previously unconscious to. Yeah, that's and a great And once you get that moment, yeah, once you get that moment of like, oh, I've been... I've been acting like this pattern, you know, toward my sister, for example. And mm. the moment you bring consciousness to that, it's like now I can change it. Um, mm. And I love also that concept of of just going into our our practice. And mm. yeah, I think I'm 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 guilty of that. Just wanting things quick. I've talked to yeah. people uh, my age in in these youth communities uh, at you know, for example, Dr. Joe Dispenza retreats. People mm -hmm. that are super young super psychically activated you know healers and i'm like wow like how'd you get that it's like oh they they turned on like out of nowhere uh and but the practice is then how do you learn to sustain and manage the new uh challenges that come with that as well mm -hmm. so you mentioned right. earlier well, a lot the episode, who, yeah, if you wanted to say yeah there's a lot of people who can turn on like i, I think especially in your generation they're act you're right they're y'all have you all have much more open nervous systems and bodies. So you're just much more tapped into the universal flow of energy, the cosmic flow of energy. Um, you know, people in their twenties and thirties do have a real understanding of the flow of energy. And I think that's beautiful. So what that means is that they have to have a commensurate understanding of self mastery. Otherwise shadow starts to develop and, a shadow and addiction and um, kind of ego, mm. right? It starts Portion. to creep in, yeah. right? Right. It starts to creep in and you see this, you see this all over social media, right? And so, and so if, you know, to be a master of energy or a master of healing without being a master of self will inevitably damage the people that you are trying to help. Yeah. So and that's a that's a lesson I've had to learn myself. I wanted just to highlight it's different to master a skill than mastery of self, right? Mm -hmm. okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. We were just talking to some guys in my my current men's group. We were talking about Neil Donald Walsh, right? And mm -hmm. just you know the conversations with God, which yeah. is a brilliant book, right? But that guy had a lot of problems in his relationships, as have I, right? And and like and so. So mastery of self is the greater frontier than mastery of a skill set, even if that skill set is healing. And, and I guess one of the things I, I guess if I was going to just be, you know, just kind of wave my dad finger at everybody, I would say, I would say, don't forget about that. Like that's just as important. And in my teacher training, you know, I do a three-year teacher training with people. We are like, here's the skill set how to teach people, how to teach embodiment, how to teach polarity work, all that kind of stuff. And, but what matters is how clean your vessel is and how deeply expressed and self-mastered are you. And so that is just as important as a teacher to learn as the skill set. Yeah. If that, and if the that information. Uh-huh. Yeah, and the information. And so people just focus on the skill set and the information and then go, you know, everybody can just put up their shingle, like no problem. But but this other piece is so important. So, so important. Yeah, I agree with you. And I've sent yeah. a lot of women uh, your video of what men really crave. Mm -hmm. And I really, I'm going to, I'm going to link it in the show notes. But I wanted to know because you were you said at the beginning of the episode that your deepest purpose right now was relationships. So I wanted to just ask you from curiosity and if, if you would like to open up with the audience and with mm. us is like, mm. what are you craving right now in that aspect of relationship? Mm. Thank you for asking. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm at a place where I've, I've, 
I've, I've already raised a child. My, my daughter died a few years ago. A lot, a lot of people know that. Um, I, I, I built a business. I feel really comfortable with what I'm giving in the world. And the last frontier for me is, you know, creating a relationship, like a long-term relationship, which is the one thing I have. I mean, I've had two seven-year relationships, a marriage, you know, a child, but I'm talking like something that is like the, I'm actually looking for the great love of my life to spend the next, you know, 20, 30 years with. And nobody in my family has done that. I come from family, I come from multiple divorces, multiple divorces. So my family karma is that is this sort of like, is this relationship piece, you know, all everybody in my family, my mom, my dad, both my sisters are alone, more or less, right. And, and, and so I'm actually my purpose is really to change the karma, the relational karma of my family. Um, Now that doesn't mean I don't go to work. Doesn't mean I don't do this. Doesn't mean I'm not writing other books. Doesn't mean that I don't. I have four programs and you know not ten workshops a year. But if you really asked me, the thing that I need to do before I die, so that I can die complete, it would be that. And included in that is you know a, a, like a ranch or retreat space where I could raise a. I, I'd like to have more kids and and um, and teach. So if I could spend you know the next twenty years of my life, you know, into my seventies, and because I plan to be around for a while, and I'm pretty pretty healthy, dude, um, that would be my purpose. Yeah, I love that. And does that mean for you spending a lot of time with your family or doing things differently than past lineages, or both? I guess it's maybe a yeah, yeah. Doing, I think, I mean. I do try to be the patriarch of my family. You know what I mean? Like I'll, 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 you know, create things, you know, for my mom's birthday, I I got us a big cabin to go to Yosemite together. Right. And, and so I will do things for my family. Um, I'm kind of a patriarch in in many ways in my family. Um, Hopefully a healthy one. Mm -hmm. Um, But, uh, um, but the last thing you said, I think, is more what I'm bumping into, which is doing, you know, relating differently mm. and relating in a much more what I would consider conscious and fully expressed way. And, um, and you know, and in my current relationship, that's that I'm definitely working that, you know, I'm definitely working that, you know, we're in the middle of eclipse season, we're in the middle of Mercury retrograde. So energy has been really interesting. <laughs> Yeah, that and Mars so, in Virgo. <laughs> yeah, I do have Mars in Virgo. Yeah, I do have Mars in Virgo, and I do have Mercury in Aries. Yeah, Mercury yeah, in Aries. Um, yeah, yeah. So I'm fiery and I'm militant about devotion. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, it's more, it's more because the question I think you're asking is if that's what I have to do before I die, how am I setting up my daily life to honor that or be in alignment with that purpose? Right. Yeah. So a good thing to ask the people listening to this is what do you have to do before you die so that you can die complete? And are you creating space to honor that in your life? So I'm creating space to honor relationship. I'm creating space to, you know, cultivate my own capacities in listening and hearing and being reflective and being expressed and listening to her expression and, you know, so I'm, I'm, it's, it's an ongoing, I don't say battle. It's not a battle. It's an ongoing growing into and, and developing a, a deeper and deeper capacity. I love how you mentioned in that, the, the topic of you brought into the, the, the conversation karma. And mm-hmm. I'd love to understand your sort of insights on karma because how that relates as well to sexual energy which is a topic I wanted to bring up. Um, I heard another podcast, you said karma can be transmuted with sexual energy. Is that something that you've been able to tap into your life? And and how can you sort of mm, showcase what that really means for people? And how can we start transmuting our past karma? Yeah, well, so let me, let me, you know, that sounds very tantric and I, and, and I think it, and it is right, but not just sexual energy, mm-hmm. all, all chi can transmute karma. Sexual energy just happens to be the most powerful, potent form of energy that we run. Right. Wow. 
Um, so why? So yeah, what's that? Do you know why? Because it creates life. Huh? Yeah, because it creates life. I mean, don't you feel that, man? Like this, yeah, the, the, yeah. you know, doing ego eradicator is great. You feel a lot of chi, but that's not the same thing as you know as sex, right? Sex, the amount of energy that's running through our body in the sexual experience. And they've proven this now. And Joe Dispenza, you know, I mean, anybody who measures energy knows this. So the amount of energy, the type of chi that creates life is the most powerful chi. So when we do not, um, when we touch the edge of a habit of closure or withdrawal and instead lean into it gently, and let the breath and the sexual energy open us beyond the habit, we're changing the karma of the habit. Karma, a good way to look at karma, look at your habits. Look at your habits, look at your addictions, look at, the, look at your habits in relationship, look at the things that you're in pain over. Like again, it, you, you know, you're only 24, but by the time you're my age, bro, you'll be like, oh, I saw that. <laughs> I saw that 10 years ago. I saw that, you know, 15 years ago. I saw that 20 years ago. And, and it'll change, it will change. But in general, if you wanna know what your karma is, look at the habits. If you really wanna know what your deep karma is, look at your addictions, the way you, you know, whether it's social media or heroin, look at your addictions and, you, and, um, and then look at the ways you close in relationship, the ways you protect, mm. the way you close, the way you defend. Those are the really big karmic pieces. And so, yeah. A big part of sexual yogic practice is to take people into the space where they're just right where they're placed where they would protect or defend or close and just have them sit there for a while, relax with breath and with movement and with turn on, quite frankly, because that's what tantric energy is, um, and let it kind of melt the part that feels like it needs to defend. And what people find is that there's so much more capacity for love and expression and depth on the other side of that habitual kink, mm. right? And, and that's how we change karma, like one moment, one habit, one closure at a time. Yeah, it's happened to me a ton in relationships where I start seeing how the pattern repeats and I'm sort of attracting the same type of situation, dynamic in person. Yeah, yeah um, me too, man. And, and I think when what you're saying, when we bring consciousness to that and we're able to sort of change it in the moment, because one thing is like changing it like in our and like journaling about it, that's what the moment we're gaining consciousness about the pattern. But when we change it in the moment, I sort of see it like this sort of like karmic, bond just dissipates in that present moment so it's it's a beautiful process that what you're talking about um yeah and it and it and it trans i believe it translates lineages yes it actually heals seven generations back it heals generations forward it literally um changes the whole possibility spectrum for our family and you know our past family and future family hmm. and you were mentioning how you've healed a lot of this lineage in your family going forward in the future generations. One thing that I'm familiar with, with my experience is being a man, being a young man. And mm -hmm. I heard you say once that young men have not been initiated into sex and into manhood. If you, yeah. you've probably worked with a lot of young men as well, but let's say hypothetically, not as many, not as, many as I like, man. Huh. Yeah. I mean, a few, a few, I mean, I always have guys in my, in my programs in their twenties, but no, it's, it's, yeah. uh, it's, it's less than I'd like. Yeah. If you were but, to create but, a manual, yeah. Like a manual for young men to start getting initiated yeah. into these topics. Let's say you had a son, yeah. how would you raise that son to be? I love this term that you, you call, um, conscious warriorhood. Mm -hmm. How do you raise a son or a young man to become a conscious warrior? Yeah. Well, I think the first, I mean, I do believe that the first, what, eight to 10 years of his life are really going to be about learning to be sensitive and like cultivating his feminine mm. more than his masculine, right? I mean, wow. doesn't mean I can't, I mean, of course I would want to, so I would want them to get sensitive, right? Mm before you know trying to get a, a five-year-old or six-year-old to meditate it's 
almost impossible. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's cruel, actually. I, 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 I want to think, I want to say it's a bit cruel to try to get a mind that's so, huh. you know, active to stop. Why would you when they're kids? This is my personal opinion as a father. And I raised a, you know, I raised my, my daughter would have been 26. So she, she died when she was 21. Hmm. So I've raised somebody in your generation. I have some, you know, we used to declare and I used to talk a lot about it. It's so funny. Um, but so what I would do is I would give a lot of space for self-expression hmm. and then I would quietly just introduce silence and ground and breath. So maybe we do breath work every day together. Maybe we just do like, you know, starting at seven or eight, like I'd give them some time, you know what I mean? Like, but maybe we start doing breath work together and we start, you know, doing just, and then I'd guide them into getting aware of consciousness. And then, and then I would start to teach them, you know, kind of initiations of leaning into things that are edgy for them. Pain, like, you know, uh, most initiations have some kind of pain, right? And I'm not talking about physical pain, but I'm more like just discomfort, just holding your arms up, you know, for a, a amount of time will create that discomfort. So I think young men need to learn how to stay open and plugged in to the planet and the moment while feeling discomfort. Huh. That, in fact, I think all yeah. men need that. That's how the masculine gets trained. That's how the masculine nervous system gets trained. Whether it's holding a yogic pose or a qigong pose, or revealing emotions that are difficult, or um, you know, stretching some kind of creativity, you know, doing some kind of improv or mm. creative theater, that kind of thing. Like the masculine needs, in order to grow, to stretch past beyond comfort and stay open. Wow. So that is an issue. That's a death practice. Wow. That's a death yeah, practice. Yeah. yeah. I'm a big fan um, of, of the Wim Hof method. And I've done, you know, I have a, an ice plunge here at my gym. And you notice mm -hmm. that their initial reaction in the ice is to close. Mm -hmm. And that, the ice is a great practice for that is just getting yeah. into the ice and learning to just open up into the parasympathetic nervous system while you're, yeah. you know, freezing balls. <laughs> yeah. So is Literally. the training of the nervous system the same for men and women? Because uh, you said that well, that's yeah, for the masculine. Oh, you no, know, no, no, no. It's it's different. I mean, it, there's some of the some of the ideas are, I mean, let's say the masculine and feminine, right? Yeah. So, so, um, so it, some of the principles are the same, meaning that the idea is to touch an edge and then relax open through it yeah that's how we grow that's how we oftentimes people will do that and then weep and clear stuff and weep and clear stuff you know it's it's clearing junk that we've accumulated not only in our lifetime but from our parents epigenetics right that's a thing now we inherit trauma through dna everybody knows that now um but then probably farther back so so both masculine and feminine practices are is around opening through edges, but the masculine grows through the challenge of sort of stillness and infinite expanse in the edge, where the feminine grows in opening as the edge or opening through or as the edge. So for example, if I was in the if we were doing a masculine practice to grow, and you started to, I had you in holding a pose for 10, 12 minutes and breathing and grounding. Eventually you might start to feel emotion and grief, right? And so the masculine practice would be to hold the pose and be the witness to the experience you're having both. Mm -hmm. So you'd be the experience of sh body shaking, heartbreaking, crying, whatever came up while holding a, a part of your awareness to the infinite expanse that the experience is emerging from. Does that make sense? Yes, yes. That's the masculine practice, right? Mm. So the feminine practice would be touch the edge of opening as love, feel the part of you that wants to constrict, right? And then relax open th through that as that. In so you 
the mm. feminine practice is to be the experience, uh-huh. uh, to be, be the, the chaos. <laughs> yeah, be the, the chaos, the love, the edge, the grief, the fear. Like be the turn on, be the experience. The expression. Fully. Yeah. Yeah, the full expression. Whereas the masculine experience is to be with the be with the experience, but also even more so be the consciousness through which the experience is emerging. And those two edge practices are are very different in terms of now, I think men should do the feminine version and women should do the masculine version. We should all do both, but they're different. Yeah, they're different. Let's say you come across a woman and if there is what would be that one, I guess, characteristic or something within her that you would say to yourself, don't let this woman go in your life. Devotion, mm. devotion to love. Huh. I mean, and, that's the yeah. yeah, yeah. Like devotion to love above all else, right? Because yeah. that's the that's the ultimate feminine gift in men and women, right? The ultimate fem. Like I have a lot of devotion. My feminine is incredibly devotional to love. It's part of the reason why I do what I do. It's part of the reason. It's kind of how I love. Like I, I, I I'm incredibly devotional to love. Meaning. I'll prioritize the open flow and field of love in my relationship, sometimes above what I would want, mm. or sometimes above what I want in the moment, or what I want, or 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 even my purpose. Sometimes I'll, I'll take I'll take a break and I'll go look. Let me let me take care of love. Let me give me ten. I'll I'll put everybody on hold. Let me take care of love. I'll take care of love. I'm devotional to love, and so for me, the ultimate feminine gift is to prioritize the flow and expression of love in a committed relationship that's that's a trait i would i would you know not let go of the other one is full expression mm. yeah. so those two yeah. you know full expression of pleasure full expression of sexual desire full expression of emotion full expression right so both of those two things you put them together that is you know that's been you know the unicorn that I've been looking for for the last 10 years. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So he's out there. He's out there. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Um, there's this beautiful like practice that gave me chills uh, in your book from the core that I wanted maybe to just run through maybe a quick like example of what that would look like uh, with you. Okay. And that is the letter to your father. Oh yeah. And, if there is anything, and, and I imagine that you've you've wrote this letter and and you've yeah. had maybe um, you know senses of what that letter has said in in your experience, what would that letter for your father look like? What would you say? Well, I did that letter and I read it to him, you know, in Union Station, having lunch in Union Station, oh, wow. uh, 10, fifteen years ago. Yeah, um, and that letter was really just to thank you to everything that he had given me, right? Because I, I could come up with all the ways he didn't show up or why he left or how he did this or that. But he also gave me a lot of really beautiful traits, shared some really amazing experiences with me, took me to Mexico for the first, took me to Mexico, not for the first time, but took me to Mexico multiple times, took me to Europe, um, taught me about business, um, taught me, you know, gave me love of many, many things. Um, and um, and did his best. So I, I wrote basically a a thank you letter, just just focusing on the things that I appreciated that he had given me, and thanking him for that. And I read that to him, and it was a very like it was a very powerful healing experience for both of us. And you know, though our relationship is still strained for other reasons, I feel totally clean. Like I've I've shared and given and set boundaries and done all the things. I I, I still I support him financially but i don't necessarily need to do more than that mm. it's, it, it's i feel clean i guess would be the way to put it yeah. if my dad died tomorrow i would feel like i'd said everything and done everything i need to do yeah would you say our relationship with our father influences how we create in the world and how we go out in seeking our purpose yeah, well, yeah, our, our relationship to our father is our relationship to the masculine in most cases, not all, but in most, right? So if we don't have a masculine 
and this is very true for women. I see this a lot with women. If you don't have a masculine um, uh, example that you can trust, you will not trust structure. Like if you don't have structure that you can trust, you will not trust structure. If you have too much structure, you will not, t- you know, you hear about, you know, overly structured childhoods and they want to break free. But if you have none or you have structure that you can't trust or you don't feel consciousness and you don't feel the, you don't feel embodied, right? You don't feel the embodiment of your father or the conscious love of your father or the direction, the conscious direction of your father um, or the capacity to to face pain from your father. You, you will spend your life not trusting <laughs> The masculine, and this has been my experience. Like I've actually had to teach myself, and and have other men teach me how to take care of myself, mm. because my father never did, mm. right? Never did, and so yeah, our relationship to the father is a is the relationship to the masculine. So everything the masculine represents: structure, direction, expansive consciousness, grounding. Like all those things, discipline, integrity, clarity, all of those things come through the father and um, through the masculine, let's say. Now, it doesn't mean that a woman can't have those things. If they can and they do, but, but just in general, it's, it's, it, that, those are the traits of the masculine. Mm. Do you share the perspective in a lot of spiritual teachings that we chose our pa- family, we chose our parents, mm. our father? I would have you think ever so. I would, that, I would that think. Insight? I would think. That, yeah, I would think so. I mean, you know, again, how conscious that choice was. How we just kind. Of, maybe we just sort of like, you know, maybe we just got put in that line again. You know, <laughs> who knows? There's so much we don't know. There's and there's so much. I think the big piece behind that question is, we think we have control over so much, and we really the big things we have no fucking control over the big things who you were born to and their karma, you know, your, your health, your, you know what I mean? Like, of course you have control over health, but like certain genetic things, like my daughter was born with a genetic disease, no control over that. Right. Um, often who you meet and how you meet them. Like so much is, is it, it comes from the ethers and the cosmos. And, and so, yeah, I think that, I think that we probably do choose, but I also think that, you know, relaxing into what we can impact in the present moment will often yield a lot better results, Mm. you know, like, and being a yes, like the great tantric practice is, okay, I was born to this life with this body, this experience, I'm having this, these experiences now, how do I make art out of it? How do I be a yes to it? How do I create from it? How do I expand through it? All those things are, I think, the really important questions. Yeah. And and I wanted to take a moment to honor your daughter, Claire, as I was just looking at, you know, her story today and what she was able to do, even in the face of that adversity, that challenge, being on this edge of death for, for most of her life and being able to just you know, especially how young she was and, and she's inspired, you know, so many millions of people. Yeah. So, yeah, man, I honor you for, for giving birth to someone like that. That's incredible, man. And a beautiful well, Melissa soul. did all the hard work there, but, but yes, but yeah, Claire, Claire is, Claire is a, a, a fucking warrior and I love, I love her and I miss her. And, um, yeah, Claire Wineland, if anybody wants to check her out and yeah. she started a foundation and, did a bunch of TED talks and was a world-renowned speaker and and um, yeah a lot a lot of beauty came through that and that's so that's an example to go back to where we we're touching on that's a place where I changed my family's karma because I didn't get that kind of parenting <laughs> I didn't get that kind of parenting that, that Claire got and um, mm. and as difficult as it was at times given how much time we had to spend in the hospital or how you know. Um, I, I can I can say that 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 karma has changed in my family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You made sure that she lived out that dream life. I did um, in, yeah. in any ways yeah. that you could, and yeah. so many people learn from her. Um, 
what is one thing obviously you had a different perspective and and, and proximity to that experience what was the main lesson that 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 you could take away from from her existence mm. on planet earth yeah make friends with death you know make friends with death and um and be like committed to like just knowing that it's there because it's there for all of us you know claire claire just had it more obviously it was just more visible but we don't know i don't know i could i could you know i could drop dead 10 minutes after we finish yeah, so yeah. could fall off a rock any number of things so making friends with death and being clear this is what i need to do before i die or this is what i want to express before i die or this is you know that this is all impermanent this is all like we get a we get one shot and this is what claire did so well is you get one very short shot at this life so make it count make it count that's an amazing way to start wrapping up brother um I wanted to just leave people off. Um, we have a, a final segment called the final trio rapid fire questions. You could answer in any way that you want. Um, okay. but before that, I want people to connect with you. I want people to learn more about your work. Where can they find you? Um, where would you send me? Yeah. What, what upcoming projects you have? Yeah. Um, johnwineland.com. And, uh, let's see, I have a teacher training that's, still open um it starts in it's a year-long program that starts in july that's almost full the depth council i have two spots for the depth council left which is a very small men's group kind of like what i talked to you about and um a good place to people just to get used to the work is called the virtual work john wineland virtual workshop and it's like this netflix of practices and compilations of content and all kinds of all in different sort of categories so that's a great place for people to get to know the work and of course i have a book too for you know particularly for men but i think a lot of women have read it too yeah highly thank recommend you. the book this is yeah, the thank cover you. thank the you core. i love it so now for the final trio i wanted to ask you for the first one i'm a little nervous now <laughs> no they're pretty easy they're pretty easy sometimes they get hard um your mother taught you about the mystic law of cause and effect. How do you apply mm -hmm. that in your life? Oh, um, imperfectly, but really it's more of a moment. The way I think about it now is more of a moment to moment decision of how I want to be, what I want to create from, I think the way to look at it would be this moment is happening. This experience is happening, whether it feels good or not. It is what it is. Now, what do I want to create? I love that. <laughs> and how would you describe, this is the second one, how would you describe to someone what it means or what it feels like to live from their core that has never cool. had that before? Yeah, it's both, um, it's both still and expansive and full. Like as a combination of peace, fullness, clarity, and groundedness. And it's yogic and meditative. It's not something you can think your way into. It literally has to be experienced through the body, the core of the body, mm. which is the whole point of the, the title of the book. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. For the last one we have, this isn't a question that we ask every single guest. Um, this one requires us to travel a little bit into the future. So okay. let's say 15, 20 years down the line, you are presented with an opportunity. Um, we call this the time capsule question. So mm. you are given opportunity to fill a time capsule with anything that your, your mind can imagine. But knowing that this time capsule is going to be opened by the next generation of leaders, the next, you know, masculine leaders, the next feminine leaders of the world. And these are going to be tools. It could be anything from a book, a frequency, a poem, a word, a movie, anything that you've had in your toolbox that is going to allow people to usher in this new earth that that is going to happen uh, in the future. Big enough time capsule? Huge time capsule. Is that whatever it is? quantum All possibility right. so i'd put a cold plunge and a sauna in there for sure hey uh, 
I'd put a meditation cushion. I'd put, um, I'd put conversations with God in there. I'd put, I'd put blue truth from David data in there. I'd put the white album by the Beatles in there. Um, I'd put, uh, the poetry of, uh, and writings of Rilke and Rumi in there. Mm. I would, um, I would put, uh, a dozen, uh, you know what? I'm gonna put one of my own things in there. Like I have, I have like 50 breath practices on the virtual workshop. I would put like all the breath work, all the breath work that I've compiled over the years there. Um, yeah, I'm sure I'm missing stuff, but I, I love that question. It's a great question. I'd put, um, I'd put, you know, I'd put a current iPhone in there just for kick so they could see <laughs> what it was, what, what it was like back in the day. Before it was uh, a chip in our head. No, before, exactly, it was, yeah, before it was a holographic thing just for, just for kicks, man. But that's a, that's a good start. Mm. And upon opening this time capsule, there's going to be a question for these mm. leaders from you. Mm. What would, mm. what would that question uh, say on top of the time capsule. Yeah. How in this moment, how deeply connected to your heart are you? Oof. That's so powerful. Mm-hmm. Man. John, thank you so much, brother, for all the yeah, work that you're you. doing. Yeah. It's hey. been an honor to share this space with you, man. Uh, I look right forward on. to continue learning from you and, and support you in any way that I can. Uh, right on. Man, you're, you. you're, you're making big waves. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. My pleasure.